This is the Friday, March 24, 2023 version of the market analysis <clears throat> segment from Market to Market. China kept buying U.S. corn, which helped boost export sales, and rain is forecast for the plains this weekend. For the week, the nearby wheat contract dropped 22 cents, while the May corn contract added 9 cents. Soybean oil tried to keep the complex positive in the face of continued fund liquidation of long positions. The May soybean contract sold off 48 cents, while the May meal contract lost 20.90 per ton. May cotton shed $1.29 per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, April Class 3 milk futures added 82 cents. The livestock market was mixed as April cattle improved 67 cents. April feeders added 15 cents, and the April lean hog contract cut 270. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index lost 62 ticks. May crude oil increased 269 per barrel. COMEX Gold went down by 680 per ounce, and the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index gained more than 10 points to settle at 549 even. Joining us now, regular market analyst Dan Huber. Hey, Dan. Hello. You wrote this morning, okay. kind of caught my attention, <clears throat> looking at the week's numbers as a whole. Sure. Doesn't tell the whole story Correct. every week. Very much. This week, very much so, because wheat was decent Friday. Correct. It was Correct. just a bad week. It was, well, primarily a bad week for Chicago wheat and more specifically soybeans. So soybeans, you know, finally, it's kind of a long time coming. You know, the bean market's held in for quite some time on the thoughts of how the problems are happening in Argentina. Uh, you know, somewhat ignoring the uh, the decent crops coming in Brazil. But, uh, you know, ultimately we knew the demand was going to start shifting back to South America. Soybean sales from this country have literally dried up and moved over to corn, thankfully. But, uh, you know, beans kind of got their day of reckoning here. So it... Uh, well, then let's stick with beans. Let's, sure, keep, let's sure. keep going with the bean market then, because that was the big story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have six questions about beans. Okay, in fact, I'll uh, get to one in a moment. But I want to ask you about the nearby first. Sure. Have we missed the opportunity for selling at a profitable price? Well, I, I, I guess you have to define profitable. I don't know if it's necessarily an unprofitable price, even at today's values. But so, yeah, yes, I think we probably missed what would be the high of the market. You know, all of that said, I think all of these markets, a little bit unusual to take markets this harshly lower in the month of March. Oftentimes, you really think about that as a, as a period where we're really seeing a, a little better prices that you can sell into. You know, that we've done just the opposite this year. I, I tend to think we'll probably have a kind of a contra-seasonal type of thing where we'll have a bottom here by the end of the month get past these reports on the uh, the grain stocks and the acreage numbers and I think we probably got a little, let's, let's build a little, little risk premium back in here because we've kind of taken it out at this point. We've kind of been counter seasonal for quite a while. The sure. last three years sure. nothing seems to fit the way it is. Quite. Who knows what the new norm is? Right. But I do know that something that's normal is that Phil in Ontario, Canada has a question for you, yes, Dan. Yes, We're going to yes, go to yes, that yes. right Very now. Good. Uh, <laughs> Phil is asking you, Dan, are soybeans the new wheat and what do you see ahead for November 20? three soybeans. You know, I I don't know if I would quite put it in the category as the new wheat yet. Uh, Yes, uh, South America uh, should be uh, really the dominant producer of soybeans moving ahead. You know, that said, uh, as we we already know, Argentina, disastrous situation, corn and beans this year. So, I mean, that really has kept a floor under our prices. But uh, but yes, realistically, I think we we push more and more towards producing corn in this country. Uh, You know, the biofuels or the renewable fuels could change that in the years ahead, but I don't think we're quite there yet. So, you know, beans are, uh, you know, we're we're seceding the the production of that to other parts of the country, other parts of the world. We'll go to corn then and talk about China. Sure. Buying. Kept buying. 
enough to give us a rally on the week. Right. I, I, you Does know, that again, continue? I, I, well, you know, I was just going to say, I, I tend to think it's going to be somewhat temporary. You know, it was, it was rumored they probably bought upwards of 3 million metric ton of corn. Looks like that's probably going to be pretty much on the target. Beyond there, uh, you, you know, something that really hasn't gotten a lot of attention, uh, but new sources from China say the, the African swine fever is a real issue out there again. And they think in the northern parts of the country could be as devastating as it was back in 2017, 2018. If that's the case, boy, that, that really destroys the feed market in China. So, uh, I mean, something worth keeping a very close eye on, certainly. So maybe that's something for soybeans to rally on. Like if that's truly the case for a feed source over there, well, of course. I mean, if we were, it would be a, uh, a negative, a negative input, input, less feed demand because unless it's oh, going to be a, because not because oh because there'll be less less animals. I get what you're saying. Correct. All right, correct. let's finish I mean, up. Yeah, finish up with corn then. Um, what do you see for a? Uh, kind of a window here as we look ahead at these prospective plantings coming. Well, you want, again, the uh, the acres numbers that we're seeing so far are, are mirror pretty closely to what the USDA published in February, around 91 million corn. Uh, the average trade guesses are a little bit higher. I think the, the USDA published a statistical number of 87.5 million acres. I think some of the trade numbers are coming in a little bit over 88. I, I'm t- actually a little bit surprised, maybe maybe not now after we've seen prices break the way they have, that we didn't see a little bit better pickup in the bean, which of course kind of comes back to Phil's questions. You know, maybe people are less interested in uh, competing with South America on the beans and want to focus more on the corn. So, you know, all all of that said, you know, those those numbers are good. You I mean that's a higher acreage overall than we than we planted last year, particularly in the corn. If we came in at 91 million acres. It's still, and by no means am I bullish, you know, on the way the structure is right now. I think, you know, after two years of major rally, these markets are just tired. You know, they're not going to respond to bullish news as they did two years ago. Uh, so, but but all of that said, if there's a problem, we we're, we're running a very fine line on all of these all of these commodities worldwide, and wheat included, even though the wheat's uh, been had a r- little rough time of it here recently. But wheat had some fresh news this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russia, we had this deal that was supposed to happen over the weekend. Then we also have rain coming in the U.S. Right, impacting right. our size of crop. Which one's the bigger pull on this market right now? Well, the uh, I mean, at this point in time, I think the uncertainty of what we have ahead is probably going to be the pull on the market. You know, we, we've we've really taken the risk premium out. We've basically, I think, look at the assumption that everything's going to go great. You know, we're just going to have an average crop, an average growing season out there. And I think, you know, at this at this juncture in the year, that's a little bit premature to feel that comfortable that we're not going to have some hot spots. Some uh, some trouble areas out there. Particularly, we know that yeah, the Midwest looks like it's in pretty good shape. We've got extra moisture, but the South and Southwest is still a, a problem problem area. You mentioned Chicago wheat earlier. Give mm-hmm. me a little bit of range on some wheat in general uh, moving forward here in the next uh, two weeks. Oh, you know, and again, we uh, you, you know, again, in all of these, I think longer term, we're probably in uh, unless we do have a crop issue, we're we're uh, we're probably going to see lower prices. But but I think you know, realistically, it's not unreasonable to think that wheat could rally fifty seventy five cents from current values. So uh, which you know, again, it would set up some I hope good opportunities to sell in for new crops. So. Get us back to what we had <clears throat> around the turn of the year. Sure, we just sure. haven't. Those were good prices at that. Oh, point. certainly, yeah. certainly. Yep. Livestock wise, um, what do you see? live cattle because I keep talking to these analysts that sit over here sure. and discussing the way the economy goes, mm-hmm. the way live cattle go. I, Are I you mean, in that camp? The, uh, the economy is going to be the, the kicker in there. I mean, granted, we all, I mean, uh, we have maintained some great levels on the cattle market. We know the inventories are 
ridiculously low as far as from a historical standpoint. But but here again, you know, I, every every consumer you talk to, every report you read is pushing back, and I just can't believe, you know, how much my food bill has gone up. So I think you know, particularly if we start to see the economy start to uh, get tickled a little bit, you know, we could see that uh, demand dry up pretty rapidly. And you now, granted, poultry is expensive, eggs are expensive, pork is is not as expensive, but I mean it's. Uh, uh, there's not a whole lot of alternative out right, right now, so I think if anything, it's probably people just uh, cut back a little bit, go for the uh, the lower quality cuts, and uh, tr- try to stretch those dollars out. So, do you see? I mean, this week the box beef suffered a little bit, or softened a little softened, bit. I shouldn't right. say suffered, right? Uh, but softened. Do you see that trend continuing? Oh, I, you know, I, again, it's going to really depend on what we what we see at the retail end of it okay. uh, and the export end. I mean, exports on beef have not been they've been, they've been they've been not as strong as pork, but I mean, they have been respectable so far. So, so that probably keeps the foundation under there. Beef is the one that probably has the greater risk of a breakdown, but you know, so far, it's uh, it, I think it surprised everybody on how well we've held in there. Feeders, do you see reaction from last week's Catalan feed report leading us early in the week, and what was leading us at the end? Of the well, week? late in the week, I think, of course, they uh, re- rebounded the grains in the feedstuffs. You know, which I, I think that feeder market can just pretty well play off the uh, the corn market for the time being. So, if we if we turn the corn higher, it's going to be a detriment to the feeders. But corn was the only one that was higher this week. Well, corn and uh, Kansas City wheat, of Kansas course. City Kansas wheat. City wheat did jump. But, but, but yeah, I mean, corn had looked like it was trying to put in a base, uh, you know, came down into some great support levels. And, and once again, I think we have, with that demand we've seen here shape up, not that that necessarily is going to continue on, but, you know, that threat is in there. If we, if we push corn down to these levels, uh, particularly if we're not seeing the dollar scream to back to the upside, sure, we're going to stimulate some demand on a, uh, on a worldwide basis. Do you see any resolution to the dryness in the Southern Plains happening, has happened, that will help cattle feeders and cattle producers? Oh, you know, I guess it, uh, yeah, good question. I, uh, I know they're talking about El Nino coming back in, which, you know, if that actually translates into moisture coming in there and getting improvement in the pastures, uh, boy, only time will tell, I guess. I, I, I try, to, try to shy away from too many weather forecasts. but it, uh, yeah. How about a forecast on pork? What do you see in hogs? You know, hogs, I, I think, have probably been destroyed enough to the downside for the time being. You know, that said, even with a corrective rebound, you know, we're still looking at 2 to 3% more pork. Uh, you know, and again, unless we see just some kind of a, a tremendous resurge at the retail side of it, I think the uh, uh, counter-seasonal, again, we're probably looking at defensive pork trade into the summer months. But we're about to get into those summer months when Very we're going to start buying stuff to grill. We, we I grilled so. this week. It was warm enough. We're you know, almost there. You know, actually, I did as well yesterday. So it, uh, but, you know, I'm not, uh, don't have that on the menu every night here just yet. So, yeah. <laughs> Getting close, though. Right, right. All right. Dan Huber, thank you so much. Appreciate the time. My pleasure. Thank you. Good to see you. And that will do it as we put a pause in this analysis and continue our discussion about these markets. In our Market Plus segment, you can find both the analysis and the plus on our website of markettomarket.org. Both of these resources, by the way, are free. Our Facebook page is another gathering place for our stories as well as calls for you to contribute to the program. Give our page a like at Market to Market Show. Next week, we bring back the panel discussion format for a closer look at the planting intentions as well as the quarterly grain stocks reports. Thank you so very much for watching and have a great week.